0: This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis,
1: this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome to NFL Friday. It's week six of the NFL season alongside Dominic Capone, Emmanuel Burbari, Nick Lehman. I'm Billy Reinhardt. Well... Tough game last night for the Giants. I know as a Giants fan, you thought maybe they had a shot at the division still with the NFC East just being so brutal this year. But they come out, first play of the game, nearly fumbled opening kickoff, and then first drive, Eli Manning throws a just inexplainable interception right to the linebacker. Um, Just another brutal performance for the Giants. What do you make from what you saw last night?
0: Well, I feel like Eli Manning just cannot play anymore. I know people are going to say it's the play calling, it's this, it's that. I just don't think Eli can play anymore. He can't throw it down the field. And that one that was intercepted, I forget the guy's name who intercepted it, but he was so late on that pass. And he was wide open for quite a while. And then just tipped it up to himself, basically, or was tipped and caught. Eli Manning, he... um, I feel like Kyle Loletta Give him a few weeks to get prepared, and then give him the job. Because you don't, and that's the other thing. You don't want to go with Eli Manning the rest of the year. Because then what are you gonna? You don't have any progress going forward next year. I know they might pick a quarterback, but I think Kyle Loletta is the guy.
2: I'm tired of getting these texts from Giants fans that want it both ways. If you're gonna blame the play calling and not blame Eli Manning, it's an utterly nonsensical way to go about this. Because everyone's like, "Oh, why are they dumping screens left and right?" Well. Maybe what look at what's do? right in front of you. <laughs> you Eli do? can't escape the pocket. Eli can't throw downfield, so what else are you forced to do? you got to blame one or you got to blame the other. You can't have it both ways. And right now, Eli Manning is no longer a viable option for a team that wants to win a championship. The Giants are out of it. Now they need to go in a different direction. I,
1: I
0: also want to be fair. It's not just Eli's fault. The defense was atrocious. The secondary couldn't no, stop
2: that, anyone. See,
1: everyone thinks the defense is atrocious because they look at the points per game. The defense is not that I, I bad. Saw, oh, I saw the
0: game. They, uh, they were allowing wide-open plays. Okay, constantly. second half
1: was a little worse, but I'm saying throughout most of the season and Why, the first so you, half the just, like, gave up in the second half. You get half? the ball. They got The Eagles got the ball right on the edge of the red zone. Then they got the ball on the other side of the field again, just their second or third drive of that game. From the, the plays I
0: saw, they were, like, Jesus Aguilar was wide open on a few. Jesus
1: and Aguilar? Aguilar. Oh. Not Nels- Jesus Aguilar. Nels- <laughs> Nels- yeah, you, know, you guys know what I mean. I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> baseball over We got here. the NLDS, oh, NLCS yeah. starting Sorry. tonight. Uh, I was very confused. You're very thrown, thrown off by that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is just – we knew that Eli's nearing the end – uh, Dave Gettleman and the Giants brass, they decided that they were going to go back with him this, this season which I didn't have a huge problem with because Saquon Barkley was a generational talent and even if you think the Giants should have went Sam Darnold, which I was of the opinion that they should, I don't think it's a major completely franchise-altering decision whichever way they went. It is. I don't but when think you so, have you know, this draft
0: not... class of these great quarterbacks, I feel like you had to take it because you know Eli's not going to be your guy for the next few years. This I'm could allowed... set the
2: Giants back several years. I don't think so they're going to be we see right now they're going to be bad this year and they're going to be a top 3 5 pick. Well, you just washed away a year where you had championship ap- aspirations. People are trying to toss that aside but who now. who really thought just, I mean
1: maybe the organization thought they could make the playoffs. I, don't I think anyone I thought
2: they, they could like make the playoffs. I feel like fans have been going around just because this is the Giants are 1 in 5 now, you have all these people saying, "You know, I was fine with washing away the year. Can't view it that way when you went into the year with that mindset." Then you draft a young quarterback. I don't care how good Saquon Barkley is. Not every young quarterback, we've seen it with Sam Darnold, is going to step into the league and take everyone by storm. You might take a year or two before you're back into contention. That's three years out the window just because you didn't go with that franchise-altering quarterback in this year's draft. I'm not sure I agree with that move. What, what, I, I don't what, know okay, what, tell, what it would take. Tell me right now, what would
1: be different? Let's say the Giants took Sam Darnold instead of then Saquon Barkley. Then you have a Barkley. franchise quarterback. No? Okay, but they'd probably be... One in five or similar. To yeah, that. but you have a franchise okay. quarterback. You have it lined up. The Giants can get a franchise quarterback yeah, again you, this year. I don't year. like when people say that. Was, but, as like,
0: a Jets fan, I know you can't get a franchise quarterback after in every draft though.
1: At the end of the day, you have to draft the right guy, yeah, and the Jets, Jets do. haven't done that. Jets yeah. also haven't picked a ton of quarterbacks in the first round. They they went with Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, and Geno Smith, none of which were first rounders. Mark Sanchez was, and they got to the AFC title a couple years in a row. But the Giants. They're going to have another opportunity this year, it looks like, to draft in the top five, top three, maybe even the first pick, Justin Herbert in Oregon. He looks tremendous. There's another guy, Drew Locke from Missouri, Um, Haskins from Ohio State. I don't really love him. But there's a few quarterback options this year. I don't think it's as deep of a class um, or as good as last year. But I think Herbert, if he was going in last year's class, I think he stacks up with Rosen and Darnold as a top quarterback. I think he has that elite talent. So if the Giants can get him and some of the other teams that are really bad, they kind of are set in terms of the quarterback position. If you look at the Cardinals, they have Josh and they just took. So some of these teams, they're not going to be competing for quarterbacks at the top of the draft. So the Giants should get who they want if they finish off this season. But back to your point on Kyle Lalletta, I think they made this mistake last year. When they did. benched Eli Manning. Which yeah, I started Geno Smith. No, exactly. I didn't have a problem benching Eli Manning. It's the end of the year you're out of it. Let's see what you I don't you're think having. anyone did, yeah. But you got to go to David Sweb you can see what mm. you have with him. Geno Smith, we've seen him. We know what he is. You don't need to explore that. That that, would, that made no sense doing that. You have to give Kyle Lall more than a couple game sample size the rest of this way to see what you have going into the draft because who knows a lot of people like Kyle Oletta coming out of the draft he might not be a superstar quarterback but if he could be an Alex Smith guy which right. Alex Smith proved he can win and with a great running back and Saquon Barkley and the other weapons the Giants have he could be someone that you could have a future in I still don't think that precludes you from taking uh, uh, Justin Herbert at the top of the draft and having those guys compete but you want to see what you have with him so similar to what you said I wouldn't start Lauta like next week, but give him a couple of weeks. Let him know that he's going to be seeing action soon, later in the season. Yeah, yeah you got
0: to let him know. You can't just thrust him into and it and upgrade
1: but. him to the number two quarterback. They have Alex Tanney there right now, who just a journeyman guy hasn't really played too many snaps in the NFL. He's been the number two guy because they feel more comfortable in his preparation and all of that. Um, but Lauta, get him comfortable with that role, and then slowly ease him in the rest of the season. Lauta
2: wasn't active this week, so you got to wonder if there has been active yet. Is so. an injury concern there or anything of that nature? But if he is ready. You can't make that same mistake. I don't think anyone had a problem with benching a guy in Eli Manning who wasn't getting the job done last year if you did it in the right way. If you came out and said, you know, we're thankful for everything Eli's done for the organization. It's time to do what's best for the organization. I think everyone would have understood if you go with a different option for the last few weeks, at least to know where you stand as a franchise. If Kyle O'Leary doesn't pan out, it's a lost season anyway. You're drafting a quarterback. But if he does pan out and at least shows that you have something to supplement Saquon Barkley, look. Then you have something. Do this the right way. Don't fall back into that mold that got you where you were in the first place. I'm not sure if you guys saw today, but Geno Smith, who we just mentioned. Who tweeted
0: about oh. Mac. He tweeted Apologize. about
1: everyone's favorite, Ben McAdoo. Keep um, your mouth shut. Apologize Gino. to Mac. <laughs> y'all, He said, I quote, y'all owe my boy Mac an apology. Yeah. I mean, just a horrible look for Geno Smith. Eli Manning was a complete professional with him, looked to help Geno Smith. They seemed to get along last season. But Kim Jones, actually, of the NFL Network, she had an interesting tweet, and she's very in tune of what's going on in that Giants locker room. She called Geno Smith out, quoted his tweet, and called him out saying how um, Eli was professional with all of them, and Geno and Ben McAdoo enjoyed snickering at Eli and all that. Um, so just a bad look for both Geno Smith and just the whole organization in general, which some Jets fans I've heard are a little jealous that I don't know if about je- – yeah, jealous I'd say that the Giants aren't receiving that label of uh, a train wreck or just a chaotic organization that the Jets historically have had. They want the Giants to be treated that same way, which I don't blame them. The, the Giants, Giants have been a train The trade, Giants right? are off the rails right but now. But then
0: again, the Giants always can fall back on the two Super Bowls that they won Speaking not Speaking of that tweets,
2: I, I do like the tweet that was put out last week. You know, the Giants are just the Jets, but with much better PR. The Jets don't know how to handle situations like this. The Giants have a knack for kind of deflecting some of that criticism and still gaining the upper hand as a franchise in this city and still having that upper hand over the Jets. So yeah, there are a lot of similarities between the Jets and Giants right now in terms of how catastrophic the franchises are, but I just think the Giants are more suited to handle these situations in a a classy way.
1: At the same time, If you want to spin this positively, not that I have any hope or want them to try and turn around the season the rest of the way, I want to tank all the way and finally get that quarterback, but the Giants have had an extremely tough schedule. I mean, we saw that when the schedule came out this summer, we saw that it was going to be just a really, really tough first seven, eight games for the Giants, and it's proven to be that way even if you expect them to be really good, you were saying, how could they get past this early season schedule that they have? Let's just list off some of the teams they played. They played Jacksonville it was in the AFC championship game last year. Then they had to play in Dallas. Dallas isn't great, but they are two and zero at home. That's a tough place to play on Sunday night football. Then they had to play at the Texans. Texans aren't great, but they're talented on the road. They played the saints at home. That's, Personally, who I picked to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you got the Panthers on the road. Eagles now at home. Now they go Monday Night Football at Atlanta, who's still a talented team, and that's a tough place to play. This is a really rough schedule for the Giants early on not one of those games can you say is an easy schedule when you look at the Jets on the other side they're two and three and they have not had nearly as hard of a schedule and I still think the Giants are a more talented team than the Jets this year if you separate them Sam Darnold's played well and Eli hasn't played great but their play's been rather similar both have bad offensive lines so you can't use that as an excuse But I don't I just think the the schedule is a huge part of the NFL when you look at teams each year who's going to surprise you have to look at who they're playing because momentum, I think, is the most important thing in the NFL. And let's say the Giants won last week in Carolina held on. I think they would have given a much better performance this week against Philadelphia. It's all about momentum.
0: And the way I look at it, I've chalked the Jaguars up as a loss the first game. The Cowboys, they could have won. Texans, they won. The Saints, you already put them in the as in the Super Bowl for the NFC, so I don't think you were going to put them as a win. And obviously the Panthers game last week, that was just – that's a brutal blow. 63-yard field goal to win it. That's the worst way tough. to lose.
1: I mean, you lo- and against Jacksonville week one, they lost by five points. I mean, they played Jacksonville tough. Oh, they yeah, they, they lost to Dallas. They had a late touchdown in garbage time, but lost to them by seven, beat the Texans by five, lost to the Saints by two scores. Saints are a great team. Lost to the Panthers on a 63 yard field goal as time expired. This is the really the bad game where it kind of went off the rails a little bit. Eli looked really old. He, I thought Eli's played decently well for most of the season. He's had his moments against Carolina. He had the back-to-back interceptions he's last bad. week, he's not but he's good.
2: played relatively well, I've thought. Also, a big elephant in the room that you neglect to mention, yeah. Billy, is Odell <laughs> Beckham down. Jr. and his antics. <laughs> antics. And, and this goes okay. from the top to the bottom. Giants, it's a toxic atmosphere. In, in that locker room right now, people don't Talk about it, especially the Odell apologists, the Eli apologists. The Giants aren't handling it the right way. Odell is a clown. And Odell's a clown.
0: Hold on, do you think that IV that he went into uh, early in the second? I believe the the that last quarter, week
2: because there was no reason not to. He um,
0: left two early. Weeks a, two weeks in a row. Do you think row? it was because he was dehydrated? What kind Probably of teammates? No. I I I I,
1: I, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't see that until the second half. Um, <laughs> I I think that Odell. Prob- I mean, Saquon wasn't on the field either for the final play, and they did have Wayne Gallman in there, so it wasn't like they didn't yeah, have a didn't running back. He didn't go to the locker room. They didn't throw a Hail Mary or anything. They threw a quick little bubble screen, see how many yards they can get stat pad before the half. So I don't even know if he was supposed to be Bill, on the you field to, for that.
0: But you have to admit, though, that it's getting, the Odell thing is getting old. It's Like, like headbutting and like punching the, the um.
1: You, okay. what was it, air conditioner? The whatever? way I see him with the that, fan? with the net last year, he was legitimately frustrated in taking his anger out and lost control. With the net, the way, I mean, the, with the fan yesterday, I think he was trying to get himself going. He was like, he was banging. Come on, let's go like that. I, I, I don't know. Josh Norman, what do you think yeah. of that scenario? <laughs> We're going back three years now. Josh Norman <laughs> this instigated has been and a, a young player on theme. a six and ten Giants team
2: lost his composure once again. And you have to look at the way he walked off the field too. I think everyone's just saying he walked off the field. What's the scenario of the game? What's the context? I would look at the way he walked off the field. Looks like he was storming out out of frustration. That doesn't. Uh, I, I, cut I don't. It for I me. don't blame
1: him. Should he not be frustrated? For me, stick with your team. Listen, as, lose with your team. As a Giants fan. Um, I hate these... I tweeted about it yesterday. I hate these vanilla answers that you get from Pat Shermer. Eli Manning never shows any frustration, and it is really, really annoying to me, personally. He's making all these mistakes... very even-keeled. Yeah. Okay. That's great. But at the same, that's hard. You might want that as like I want a him. To, I want him to say in the postgame press conference, I played horrible today. I really have to play better. Take some accountability. Or Pat Shermer. He's saying we believe in Eli. Mm-hmm. You could say we believe in Eli, but with the caveat, but he needs to play better. That's mm-hmm. fine if you want to say that. Even though I disagree with it. There's no accountability on this whole team. Um, you, everyone wants to talk about Odell. He's not the problem. He. If you have a oh, 10 and six team and he's holding you back, sure. But he's the one who's your top offensive option now with Saquon Barkley. He, the players all like him in the locker room. That is not an issue. Don't act like it's a thing that he's. Yeah, causing. He's a popular
2: guy in general. It's these unnecessary acts, though. That, You're looking and at a that, guy. And what did
1: that do to the, the outcome of
0: the I, game? He's he got a
2: 95 million, and he's saying, "Oh, should I be in New York? Should I be here? This, that." He is the 95 em- no, million. What, Billy,
0: one thing I will agree with you on: it's not like it was a few years ago when he was getting penalties in the end zone after touchdowns and stuff like that. He's not getting any more. I haven't seen penalties on the field. He's just. It seems like a nuisance when he's off the field, and what he's saying with Lil Wayne and stuff, sitting down, saying, uh, "Yeah, I don't like the weather in New Jersey." Can't tell me that teammates like.
2: like it? Can't, Can't tell me it like the teammates weather in New like
1: Jersey. He said he enjoys the weather in L. A. Who can blame him? Oh, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was of the. <that, laughs> I didn't really didn't have that much problem with the interview. He he said you didn't have a problem in that? terms of the Eli thing. Mm-hmm. People want to make a big deal him calling out Eli. They said, "Do you is he the answer at quarterback?" And he said, um, uh, or something about Eli like, whatever. Yeah. He said, I don't know. He still has the arm strength. So he did. He gave a completely accurate assessment. Mm. He didn't call Eli out. He, he said, kind of gave him a vote of confidence. He still has the arm strength or whatever, but we're not, we got to throw the ball downfield. What I do you think, think about, really the thing about the LA, New York thing, that mm. kind of concerned me a little that's bit. That's not it's like a, a big a weird deal, thing. but. That was, that was the thing that was a little off. But th- that's really the, f- until last week, that was the first blip on the radar he's had all year. He's been holding himself great in terms of how he handles himself in front of the media. He's been. Uh, speaking more like a leader in terms of the locker room up until last week. The wheels are falling off from this Giants team, and I don't blame him that he's frustrated. He's not getting targeted downfield. He's open on a lot of plays. He's just an unbelievable receiver. Every time the ball's in his hands or Saquon's hands, something big happens, but they just can't get it to them.
2: I just have a problem with putting yourself out there in that fashion. That ESPN interview, if you're going to do it, just don't answer the questions that way. You have a lot of stars in this town representing franchises. You, you go towards baseball and you have guys like Judge and DeGrom who answer every question the right way. Even if Saquon, they ask them about being in New York, questions. they'd give some sort of BS answer that you wouldn't even buy, but it would come off the right way. It would sound mm-hmm. humble and – Odell just doesn't come off that way. You, you can't have, especially in a high-class organization like the Giants, a guy like that who's going to attract all the attention towards himself, and especially if he's not going to produce something I field. know
0: Saquon, he's only been in the league like five weeks, five games, but it seems like he says the right thing to the media every single time. Why can't Odell follow in the rookie's footsteps? That's what I do. I know you say he's been like, he's done well with the media this year, but the whole Lil Wayne interview just really upset me, and I'm not even a Giants fan.
1: Well, for more insight onto an opinion on what has happened this last week for the Giants, 0-2, tough losses to Carolina and Philadelphia, we'll go to our Giants report this week with our Giants reporter, David Spampinato.
3: There's not much left to say about the 2018 New York Giants. 1-5 leaves them with very little to look forward to for the rest of the season. Week 5's 33-31 loss to the Carolina Panthers was eerily similar to last year's Week 2 loss against the Eagles. Fall behind early, make a big comeback, lose on a miraculous 60-yard field goal. Despite the poor officiating, the Giants dug themselves too deep of a hole to beat the Panthers. Eli Manning was perfect to finish that game, but came out flat last night against the Eagles. Manning was 24 for 43 with 281 yards and an interception, in the 34-13 route at the hands of the defending champs. The 37-year-old quarterback is not getting it done and with an improved offensive line and elite weapons there are no more excuses. Pat Shermer's belief in Eli is at this point irrational. Cameras have caught Shermer showing his frustration with Manning and saying throw the damn ball following a third and long checkdown. Despite criticism of his team's effort, Coach Shermer sees it as a non-issue.
4: I wasn't concerned about
2: their effort, right? I'm concerned about how we executed and how we didn't get in the end zone and how we let them in the end zone.
3: Defense continues to be an issue for the Giants. Olivier Vernon sacked Carson Wentz in his first game back last night, but they're still last in the league in sacks. The only bright spot for the Giants to this point has been Saquon Barkley. The rookie out of Penn State was one receiving yard shy last night of becoming the first rookie in NFL history to post over 100 rushing yards and hundred receiving yards in one game. Barkley has proven his big play capability and is slowly becoming more consistent. Despite his fantastic rookie season, Barkley has kept his focus on team success. Barkley's dazzling performances are still yet to translate into victories for the giants. That being said, calling Barkley a mistake as the second pick in the draft is incorrect. Time will only tell if Darnold, Rosen or Allen would have been the right move. But what we do know is that Saquon Barkley will be a cornerstone for this franchise moving forward. Odell Beckham's frustration embodies the Giants fan base. However, he must conduct himself with more professionalism. Headbutting the fan and screaming on the sideline is not a way a leader or franchise player should be conducting himself. It's an embarrassment to the organization and himself, and it's all magnified by his contract. As far as 2018 is concerned, you can stick a fork in the Giants. Covering Big Blue, I'm David Spampanato. W, Sports.
1: Well, the music behind that, of course, was Lil Wayne's How to Love, poetic considering the interview with Odell Beckham the Jr. The this week. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a solemn mood for the Giants, <laughs> but the only thing that is a positive at this point is Saquon Barkley's performance. Before we wrap this up and go to the Jets, just talk about him quickly. You might think Sam Darnold or quarterback was the right move for the Giants, but Saquon Barkley is just unbelievable. He had that big 50-yard run last night, over 100 yards rushing, nearly 100 yards receiving, fell just one yard shy of being the first Giant to ever do that. Um, But he just had an unbelievable game. He had an eight-yard run that I don't know if you guys remember seeing this last night. He just leaked over about did, three yeah. different Eagles defenders. He got the first down, out, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but just a short little run like that, and he broke all those tackles. He's just an unbelievable player to watch, and another game-breaker that the Giants have next to Odell Beckham Jr.
0: As a Giants fan, I mean, for me, looking at it, I'm talking for you. When you see Saquon Barkley, I feel like he can be even better if he had the offensive line because you're seeing what he's doing without the offensive sure, line. He's yeah. running it to the back. He's doing it all himself and that's just based on talent. But if he had the holes, imagine what this guy could do. I have to, his, well, his
1: first contact's always either at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. or behind the line of scrimmage. If he had a great offensive line, maybe he's at the second he, he level unbelievable already unbelievable. and then he you can break even more touchdowns. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generation type player and if everything works out for the Giants, maybe they get their quarterback this year and ultimately it might be the best thing for them long term. And I was
2: wrong on my outlook for Saquon Barkley. Viewed him as more of a guy who had that burst, and you saw that a lot at Penn State where if he has that offensive line, if he gets that first gap, he can take advantage of the rest. But he's been a guy without anything up front. He's been able to barrel over guys. He's been able to make guys miss. So a lot of what I expected from Saquon Barkley heading into the season, he's exceeded those expectations. So I think only – can get better if they improve that in that regard well Saquon Barkley is definitely one of the
1: few bright spots Giants fans will have for the rest of the season now we're going to go see our fantasy studs of the week with Nicholas Lehman who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week here are the players
4: our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup first looking at Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes will be looking to target him this week on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots Another great option coming from Jacksonville, T.J. Yeldon, who continues to replace the injured Leonard Fournette and has posted two consistent, solid games of over 22 and a half points. Third option this week will be Philip Rivers, who has been strong all season with a great team around him. They'll be taking on the Cleveland Browns in Ohio this weekend. Well, with the 2-3 Jets set
1: to host the Colts on Sunday, we'll now go to our Jets reporter, Vinny DeBellis' weekly Jets report.
5: As soon as I was ready to declare the Jets' 2018 season a wrap, Gang Green delivered big time at home against the Broncos last week. Isaiah Crowell stole the show with a franchise record 219 yards rushing, and he deflected the praise when asked about his monster performance postgame. Uh, really, I just want
2: to congratulate uh,
1: my O-line. Because, I mean, without them, uh, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, they opened up holes all game. Uh, and I feel like, you know, um, JB, I feel like he basically committed to the run. And I feel like our O line, you know, they did they, they did their
5: thing. Bilal Powell rushed for 99 yards as well, while Sam Darnold threw for 198 yards, three TDs and a pick. Head coach Todd Bowles knew just how important this win was, and he was already looking forward to the Colts after securing the victory. Most was pivotal to win at home. We were 1-3. 1-4 have been difficult for us, 2-3. and three. Uh, We got the win today. We got another tough one coming up next week in Indy, and we'll try to defend home turf. A tough task awaits the Jets this Sunday at home against the Colts. At 1-4, Indy may be at the bottom of the NFL, but they're a far more dangerous team than the record suggests. Had the Colts' two heartbreaking losses against Philly and Houston gone the other way, Indy would be sitting atop the AFC South. Andrew Luck has impressed in his return this year, even with a banged-up team around him. With T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, and Eric Ebron's status is up in the air for Sunday, the Jets' D might catch a break. Regardless, the Jets' offense will have to execute the way it did against Denver. That means establishing the run game early. It was encouraging to see Darnold connect with Robbie Anderson for some big plays last game. Darnold will have his opportunities against a defense that ranks 28th in the league in terms of passing yards allowed. I think the Jets keep rolling at home as Darnold gets multiple receivers involved Sunday. 28-24 Jets. Covering the... For WFUV Sports, I'm Vinny DeBellis.
1: So the Jets have a 2-3 and three record, hovering around 500, with a chance to reach 500 this week against the Colts. I think they've been pretty much as advertised so far this season. Before the season, I thought they'd finish at 7-9. I think they're on track to be around that area. Sam Darnold, he's pretty much been as expected as well. He had that great first game after throwing that. F- I think the first game makes up what you pretty much have seen all year. He had that interception, boneheaded interception on the first play of that game. And then he came back and had a great performance. You've seen those ups and downs like you'd expect from a rookie quarterback, but. That throw he had deep to Robbie Anderson last week, that that shows you the potential right there. It was just an unbelievable play, and hes I think he's the quarterback of the future for the Jets.
0: He's definitely the quarterback of the future for the Jets, and he's just playing like a rookie. He's doing some things great. He's struggling in other places. Completion percentage isn't the best right now, but that throw to Robbie Anderson was beautiful. He also had a wide open one to Robbie Anderson, and then the one to Terrell Pryor to finish it off. Three touchdowns. The stats, if you look at the numbers, The the completion percentage, like I mentioned, wasn't great. But if you get three touchdowns and you could do that, what else can you ask for, especially from a rookie quarterback?
2: That throw to Robbie Anderson where he just threaded the needle was unbelievable. Showed what he's capable of. And I think this week was perfect for the Jets in that in the previous few weeks, you saw Sam Darnold's potential. But you really didn't see anything in terms of the coaching staff supporting him. And they kept going with these dinks, these dunks. You're not doing that with a rookie quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. And I think the Jets accepted that, especially after that big kind of checkoff following the week one outlier against the Lions. So now that you're letting him... Loose. You're letting him make those mistakes. You're letting him show what he can do. I think that's exactly what the Jets need. They need a feel-good win like that, but they also needed a scenario where Sam Darnold was airing it out down the field and gaining confidence for himself. And you can
0: do that when the running game just went off. Isaiah Crowell. He's a game-time decision, I believe. It's he's listed at for this weekend against the Colts. But 219 yards, breaking the Jets record of Thomas Jones's 210. He was unbelievable as well. I, Bilal Powell had the one fumble, but. He had a decent game when when the run game opens up like that. You can
1: launch those balls deep down the field, especially a guy like Robbie Anderson who hasn't really done that much this year. And Crowell's been better than expected, mainly because just I didn't think the Jets' offensive line would be able to hold enough, hold up enough to give him the room to run. I mean, he's a good uh, running back, but he's not like Saquon Barkley that's going to make something out of nothing. But the Jets' offensive line is significantly better blocking the run than the pass. I mean, you see pressure on Darnold all day, but when they run, they seem to clear enough room for Isaiah Crowell to really get and something out of it.
0: The Jets uh, offensive line did a great job of blocking, but the Broncos defense couldn't lay a hand on Isaiah Crowell right. like six, seven yards down the field, then that's when the first contact would happen, and that Crowell could just go right around him because he's so fast. But I, you do have to give credit where credit is deserved, and that's the Jets offensive line on the in the run game.
2: And I think that's why you're probably looking at around a 7-9 football team, because the Jets are going to look like this some weeks. Either a team will slip up, or you're going to have a team that doesn't have as good of a defensive front and isn't as adept to doing these things defensively in terms of getting to the running back and stopping him at first contact. So the Jets offensive line, which granted is better than advertised, will take advantage of some of these matchups, but I still don't think they're great. I still think there are going to be those weeks like you saw earlier in the season where Sam Darnold barely has two seconds to deal with and is going down all the time. So that's why you're looking at an up and down team. You're probably looking at these Knicks that you got to work out and probably a seven and nine football team.
1: And the Jets have been relatively conservative with Sam Darnold so far this season. He's only averaging about 213 yards per game. Obviously, the outlier being the game against Miami where he threw up for 330 yards. Um, He's been under 200 every other game this season. But I think that's the smart thing to do with a rookie quarterback. You don't want to leave him back, especially with that offensive line. You don't want to leave him back there and just take hits. Um, He has seven touchdowns on the season, go along six interceptions, so... As we've been saying, just up and down so far. The Jets have been up and down, but I think, as we've said, that that's to be expected.
0: And that one interception in the last game, it was tipped at the line and it caught by a defensive lineman. Nothing too concerning there. And the way I look at it for Sam Darnold, I know everyone says it's a rookie quarterback, do these like dunks and these the screen passes, but I wouldn't be – I want to be mad if they launched it down the field and threw an interception. Just because you're throwing it down the field, you're trying it, and then he can work on his arm and work with his receivers and getting that chemistry. And as a Jets fan, I was getting sick of it. Just every single day. It's third and seven, you're running the ball. Or it's second down and like three and something they're just dunking it off and it's behind the line for nothing well just, that, that's
1: the worst thing to watch as a football it's fan it's terrible I mean, even Pat Shermer the Giants head coach you as David mentioned in his Giants report you saw him on on tape last night throw the damn ball down the field it was third and 14 and Eli two two steps back right away dumping right off to just just and, so. and,
2: and we've seen this story in, in the past with Jets teams including Mark Sanchez where they would just get so in love with these short passes and I don't think that It it doesn't help the quarterback at all. Of course, it helps when you do have that run game to build off of like they did this week. But if you don't expose Sam Darnold to these deep options, you don't let him air it out, you don't let him see that secondary of the field, he's going to start locking into his targets. And that's what we saw in weeks three and weeks two, where he was just locking into targets. He knew who he was throwing to, and it was leading to problems. So Throwing the ball down the field, I think, will only benefit him. You don't want to get careless with it. You don't want to get stupid. But at least this week, they can develop more of a balance, and at least they've exposed him to that aspect of his game.
1: Yeah, I think he's been relatively solid throughout most of the season. The one game against Cleveland on that Thursday night, that's where I thought he made a lot of mistakes. He didn't really play well at all. He had those late-game interceptions. Um But other than that, he's been pretty solid this year. Although, when looking at his stats, his QBR is 33. That's painfully low. I know. Going going back to it. but But watching him every week, he seems like he's been solid enough. Looking back at the
0: game logs, his first game against Detroit, 21 passes. They won the game. Three straight weeks after that, 41 uh, attempts, 31, 34, and then this last week against Denver, 22. So I, to me, that's saying the run game's working. Against Detroit, the run game was working. Mm-hmm. Against Denver, the run game was working. But when nothing's happening, then that's when he throws the ball more, and they just
1: haven't been able to win. He can't
2: be throwing the ball 40 times.
1: No, it's the it, story it, of football. You need to get. <laughs> if that's what the Giants do. they can't run the ball sometimes, so they'll just do these short little passes. You have to either have, you have to keep the ball moving. You can't let your quarterback just sit back there like a sitting duck. Um, Especially a young quarterback, like I said, you don't want to get him injured. So if the running game's not working. At this stage of his career, he's not going to really be able to carry you down the field and carry you to wins. But um, yeah, definitely a great point there.
2: And the, the statistics aren't going to be glamorous when it's all said and done. Right now you're looking at seven touchdowns, six interceptions. I'd say that's better than what you expected. Uh, you've seen legendary quarterbacks like Peyton Manning come into this league and have about 10 more interceptions and touchdowns in year number one. So the rating isn't going to be great. Especially this last week. You saw so many great things from Darnold. The final line, he wasn't even at 50% completion percentage, I think. So you, 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 you're not looking at a guy who's going to put up great numbers this year. That's maybe something for next year or the year after. But if you see enough of that positive light, you see his development as a quarterback, you, you know what you see. You see a lot better than what the Jets have had a quarterback in years past. I know
0: Jets fans don't want to lose, but if you see growth in Sam Darnold, this is going to be a positive year.
1: Well, before we wrap up this Jets section, just a quick question I want to get to you guys You guys being Jets fans. Todd Bowles, do you think this is a coach for the long term, or do you think he's the coach before the coach? I tend to think the latter. I I do, too.
0: I mean, I just don't think this guy is going to be the long-term coach. He's proven time in and time out that he doesn't – he just – I don't know what it is. The play calling is just not there. He doesn't know – if for me, I've said this before, you gotta get an offensive mind to coach for Sam Darnold. I I think that would be a great matchup right there. Because this guy, Todd Bowles, was supposed to be this defensive specialist and the defense hasn't lived up to standards. At times they played well, obviously, but He just hasn't, he's been under expectations, below expectations, and I just don't think Todd Bowles is going to be the long-term coach, and to be honest with you, I think he's done after this year.
2: They can't go under this whole bowl strategy of the dinks and dunks with Darnold. I think he's inflected way too much of his wisdom into the offensive game plan. He needs to completely delegate that to his offensive coordinator. Jeremy Bates has been very up and down so far, but I don't think a defensive-minded coach is the guy who's going to lead the Jets into the future, especially with how Bowles has handled certain late-game situations, certain big-game situations throughout his tenure so far, and he hasn't really improved on the fly. So he doesn't I, make any
0: adjustments in game yeah, two. Yeah, I think if That's Darnold can develop
2: do. enough this year and the Jets finish right around where we expect them to finish, a 6-10, and 7-9, maybe even 8-8, eight and eight, I think Bowles is a goner, and I think the Jets need to search for a better candidate, maybe a more offensive-minded candidate. Not to say they'll get the right candidate. The Jets have had a lot of incompetence throughout their history, but they need to look for a new guy. Well, that does it for our Jets talk. Now we're going to go to another
1: fantasy segment with Nicholas Lehman. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week.
4: First up is Marshawn Lynch, running back for the Oakland Raiders. While he has had a very strong return to the NFL after coming out of retirement, he had had his first poor week last week against the Chargers. Lynch and his team will have a difficulty against the Seahawks this week, leading to another subpar performance for the former Pro Bowl player, Demarius Thomas. After a strong week one, Thomas's performance cooled off and has been average for the Broncos. Even though he earned 19 points last week in Yahoo Fantasy, Thomas will have to face the dominant L.A. Rams and will be a prime candidate for a regression week. Keenan Allen, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver. After catching a season-high 8-9, for he has underperformed for most of the year, and the same will happen against the Creeland Browns this week.
1: Well, good stuff there, Nicholas. Um, Before we get to our NFL picks for the week, let's touch touch on a couple of the big topics around the NFL. Obviously, the big story this week is the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes game. traveling to Foxborough to battle Tom Brady and the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. That should be a heck of a game, and it's really going to tell us a lot about the AFC. Is it still the Patriots conference, which I tend to think it's going to be? I would never bet against Tom exactly. Brady and Bill Belichick. Especially, yeah. fo- especially in f- – that's the I've key. I've learned. That that's the key, that. though. I think this game will tell us a lot because if the Patriots win this, I think they could ultimately catch the Chiefs for the top seed in the AFC. If not, the Chiefs are going to run away with it, and if they get to have that home playoff advantage at Arrowhead every week against the Patriots, potentially in an AFC Championship matchup, that's huge. The Patriots don't lose at Foxborough in the postseason, so if they can Except get that the Jets, <laughs> if they can get that top seed, though, that that's
2: huge. So I think this will determine a lot. I don't trust the Chiefs enough in, in postseason play, especially with what I've seen. I know it's a new quarterback, I know it's a different team this year, but I'm still not completely sold that they could really protect that home field advantage when it matters most. So I'm not willing to make a prediction on whose conference it is to lose based on this week. Would it be a big win for the Chiefs? Sure, but I'm not going to rule against the Patriots even if the Chiefs come away with the win, and I would still very much expect them to defeat them if it came to that AFC Championship game.
0: If it came for the AFC Championship game or if they met in the playoffs at any point, I would have to go with Tom Brady as well. Even
1: if the Chiefs have home field?
0: That's a good good question. Because they have
1: one of the loudest – home field advantage. They do, the but I
0: like I said, I'm not getting against Tom they would Brady a way to and blow Bill it. Belichick. But I love Patty Mahomes. Oh I love I, Patrick Mahomes. Former great. guest of one on one. He's so it's he's so good. He's so talented. And even last week he wasn't throwing he was he still had a great game, but he he uh ran the ball in
1: for a touchdown or two um, just an absolute great game. He can do anything. I've been a fan of Patrick Mahomes since the draft before this season. Some people forgot about him because obviously he sat a year behind Alex Smith last year. But I was saying to some people, everyone loves Deshaun Watson, but Patrick Mahomes is still going to be the best quarterback to come from last year's draft. I don't want to say I was right, but I was right. <laughs> Humble, Humble brag. brag. Oh. oh, wow. Oh, no, we say that too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: We, we got to cut that out of so, our vocab.
1: So we touched on the Chiefs a little bit. Let's also touch on the other undefeated team in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams. I think they're a little bit more of a contender. They are just absolutely stacked on both sides of the ball. That's one of the advantages of having a quarterback under a rookie salary like the Eagles do with Carson Wentz. Um, but they they have really no weaknesses, and they're just star-studded, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
0: So let me look. Raiders, Cardinals, Chargers, Vikings, Seahawks. They're 5-0 and on the season. The Rams, like you said, they're a great team. But – Last week, the defense allowing 31 points to the Seahawks, who aren't a great football team, I would still edge the Kansas City Chiefs over the Rams. That's just my opinion. Oh, no, I no. I think the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, are they the best they, team they play in
1: a few weeks. I That's know it's gonna I be a heck wait. of a match. I believe it's early December, um, if I'm not mistaken. It is November
0: 19th. November 19th. So they also I mean,
2: have the Packers coming up in a couple of weeks. That should be interesting. In Lambo or home? Uh, home? Home. Home. Okay. Uh, so that should be and another good test, But I do think the Rams, at least coming into the season, viewed them as more of the complete team, the all-around team. The, oh, de- I- the defense is what helped them get to where they were last year. So I would still err on the side of The Rams are a lot more complete than the Kansas City Chiefs, and at least we've seen them do this before. The Chiefs, it's more of a jury-still-out situation.
1: And that November matchup heavyweight bout between the Chiefs and Rams is, of course, in Mexico City on Monday Night Football, so that should be fun, definitely. Um, The team that people are kind of sleeping on, I think, my preseason NFC representative, the, the New Orleans Saints, they're starting to get rolling a little bit. They had that tough week one. They ultimately pulled out over the Browns because the Browns just couldn't make any kicks. But they're starting to get going the last couple weeks, and I think they're a dangerous team.
0: Everyone always questioned their defense. Drew Brees was always going to go out there and throw for like 400 yards, three touchdowns every game. But right now, I, I agree with you. The Saints are really good. I didn't think they were going to be this good um go, coming into the season. Obviously, then losing 48-40 to against the Buccaneers. They're 4-0 since then. I know they only they beat like the Giants and the Falcons and the Browns. You got some tests coming up in the Ravens and then obviously that Rams game. So it's gonna it be interesting to see what the
1: Saints can do. Well the Saints are four and one and they do have a plus forty point differential. So I think that's a great way. The offense is unbelievable. And that's a great way I think to look at some of these teams. Because some of these teams will escape early in the season. They'll have a record that maybe is not indicative of their play. When you look at the point differential, I think that's a great way Mm -hmm. to see who's really for real. And one team that just looks tremendous in that regard is the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure if they're contenders for real yet, but they're definitely a team to be reckoned with.
0: They're coming off the bye. Mitchell Trubisky, six touchdown passes. Um, Obviously the defense is going to be there every single week. So You're right, I don't know if they've proven themselves yet because Mitchell Drabisky only had like one really good game, but that's another team that you can't um, count
2: out. I think a lot of people undervalue what Drew Brees is in this league, and I do think he is the best quarterback in the National Football League right now. And one of the reasons that the Saints are such a force to be reckoned with, if not the reason, because you look at the defense and it's not as bad as some people make it out to be. It's around middle of the pack and yards allowed per game. They allow around 28 points a game, which is what you want. But Drew Brees is just on another level right now. He's on another planet. And I think Uh, A lot of people had to see this coming with the Saints, especially with what they were able to do with their running back tandem last year. They're an offensive force, and they're going to be there when it's all said and done. I'm just not sure if they're as championship caliber as a team like L.A.
1: Well, before we get to our picks, we're going to go to our final fantasy segment with Nicholas Lehman. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking.
4: Deshaun Watson of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jackson eclipsed 100 yards for the third time this season last week and has been a steal this year for fantasy owners. Going against the Atlanta Falcons, Jameis Winston will begin to target Jackson even more, just as Ryan Fitzpatrick did, especially through the first two games of this season. The Miami defense. With their only poor performance coming two weeks, weeks ago in Foxborough, they will look to have another, another strong game against the Chicago Bears as they have posted, with the exception of their two-point performance against the New England Patriots, their lowest score being 13 and their highest being 20 points on defense. The last pick will be Dan Bailey, the kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. After missing the first three games of the season due to not being signed, he has put up a 12- and 13-point performance in the last two weeks for the Vikings. Expect him to continue this trend against the Arizona Cardinals.
0: also have the chargers in cleveland the browns are they're a good decent football team but i don't think that baker mayfield can compete with philip rivers
2: tired of hearing about the browns they're the most over talked about two two and one football team in nfl history uh give me the chargers
4: i don't get why we're talking about the browns so much i mean yes they got their tie but there's no reason to be talking to them chargers by a lot well, our
1: producer, Charlie Maizano, he wanted to get his pick in for this, and he's going with the Browns. He's rolling with Baker oh, Mayfield no. and the Browns. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it brings up what I think might be the toughest one to pick of the week, the Seahawks traveling to Oakland to play the Raiders. They, uh, in London, excuse me, but they played in the preseason. The Raiders won 32, I believe 17, 18, 19, something like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was week four of the preseason. Not a lot of stars played, but this – You can go with anyone here. I don't think the Raiders are a good team. They're home. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They've competed with some good teams the last few weeks.
0: We were talking about this before the show. This was a little toss-up for me as well. I just decided right now I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They scored 31 points last week against the Rams defense. I think that could beat the Raiders.
2: Russell Wilson has been one of the best at doing a lot with nothing, and he's facing a Raiders team that has not been good. Give me Seattle.
4: In this kind of a game, you have to take travel into it. That long trip from the West Coast all the way out to London. I think Russell Wilson's going to get the better end of the Raiders this week.
1: Well, both teams obviously have to go across the United States and then just to London, so that's a long trip for both teams. we got the Panthers traveling to Washington to battle the Redskins. I'm going with Carolina in this one.
0: I'm also going to go with Carolina. I have no faith in Alex Smith. I'm sorry. I'm a big Cam Newton fan, so I'll give uh, the nod to the
2: Panthers. I echo that sentiment. I like the Panthers, and I like them by a decent margin.
4: Panthers have the momentum right now coming off their big win over the Giants. The 63-yard field goal we've all heard about enough already in the Giants report. Panthers, especially because they got the momentum.
1: I think we all have the Panthers, and I think we might all have the same picks so far. I don't like this. I don't like going first. I think you guys are all copying my picks Someone needs to disagree here. (laughs) I have all my (laughs) picks labeled before. But we got the Colts at the Jets. We touched on it a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with the Jets in this one, although I think another tough game to pick. I'm not copying you. I swear. Colts are 1-4. and four. The Jets don't
0: usually play well coming off good wins. But this is a game you have to win if you're the Jets. You're at home against the 1-4 and four Colts. I'm picking the Jets.
2: I pick the Jets a lot on this podcast. But this don't is a classic Jets letdown Stop. week. Give me the Colts. And I hope I'm right on this pick. This will be my edge over you guys. I'm going to win this week in pick <laughs>
4: Uh You also have to remember T.Y. Hilton's out for... Indianapolis, if they don't have enough injuries going on, it's going to be the Jets that get the win.
1: We got the Bills at the Texans. Texans still talented. Tough place to play in that dome. The Bills are just horrible. I'm going with Houston
2: in this one.
0: I swear I'm not copying you. I got the Texans too. They won two in a row. They're going to make it three
2: at home. Bills are awful. Um, they're atrocious. I don't know the most nice way to say this. Texans. Give me the Texans.
4: Uh, Sean Watson's banged up. I think this is going to be slightly harder than they think, but Houston's still going to take it.
1: Well, we got the Cardinals at the Vikings. Josh Rosen's given the Cardinals a little bit of life in the last few weeks. He's played well, but Minnesota's still a superior team. And at home, that's another tough place to play. I'm going with the Vikings. Josh Rosen's going to be good in this league. I I
2: really
0: like him, but I'm going to go with the Vikings.
2: Give me the Vikings. Sign this one as well. I don't think the Cardinals have enough to go in in that atmosphere and beat the superior team. Give me Minnesota.
4: Again, going off momentum. Vikings over the Eagles last week. They're going to carry this right into the Arizona game. Pick Vikings. We're about
1: halfway through the week six slate. We got the Steelers and Bengals in a tough AFC North matchup. The Bengals surprising a lot of people this year playing well. Steelers obviously haven't been as good. This is tough. Bengals are home. I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt because of that. I'm going with Cincinnati.
0: Steelers coming off a big win against the Falcons. I know it's the Falcons, but the offense showed up. The defense showed up. I'm still going to pick the Bengals at home.
2: I'm going with the Bengals. I don't like what I've seen from the Steelers this year, and I don't like them in a big divisional game because I don't think they've been on the same page at any point this season. They haven't lived up to expectations. I think the Bengals take advantage of that home field advantage.
4: I thought this was going to be the one game that I was going to pick that everyone would have different answers. No, I plan on going with the Bengals too. They have everything to play for. Pittsburgh has... Everything to lose in this one Our Pressure's con- on the Steelers
1: Our contrarian producer, Charlie Mizano Wants us to know he picked the Steelers on that one Wow I honestly, strategically, might just pick a team That I'm not thinking is going to win Just because we'll have different reasons <laughs> no, Just go here. with your picks Um, <laughs> We got the Bears at the Dolphins in Miami Chicago's been pick. really good this season I'm going with Chicago Dolphins had a hot start, but they're not for real they're a fluke.
0: Dolphins blew a 17 point lead last week to the Bengals. They lost two in a row. The Bears are coming off a bye. Like I said, Ryan Tannehill has no chance against the Chicago defense. Mitchell Trubisky's going to go off again. I take the Bears.
2: Uh, give me the Bears, and John Furlong's not happy. <laughs> uh,
4: these, these, A lot of these games are predictable this week. Some are, but most are. Give me the Bears. I don't know what
2: to say. Well, for the
1: second time in three weeks, the Broncos will battle an undefeated team. They got the Rams this week at home. Los Angeles, I think, is just too good. Broncos' defense isn't what it was in recent years. I don't think they could hold them down enough. Give me Los Angeles. This is easy for me. The Broncos looked
0: atrocious against the Jets. The Rams are one of the best teams in football. I'm taking L.A.
2: I don't normally like to do two degrees of separation, but the way the Broncos played against the Jets, now you give them the Rams. Give me L.A. by a lot.
4: Uh, coming off that loss to the Jets, I don't think the Broncos have a chance. This is going to be L.A. all the way. <laughs>
1: Another one all the way. The same picks <laughs> going some around. Of these are just Baltimore just against the Titans, this is a little bit of a harder game to pick. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I think they're
2: a better team.
4: I'm taking the team with a better quarterback and going with the Ravens.
2: Give me the Titans to break things up.
4: I planned on going the Titans the entire time. Okay, Jaguars at Cowboys. People
1: sleeping on this game. Jacksonville's, I think, a lot better team than Dallas, but Dallas is 2 0 at home compared to 0 3 on the road. That is a tough place to play, but I'm still going to go with Jacksonville. I got them beating the Cowboys.
0: I think you're starting to copy me now. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm coming. The Jaguars are coming off a loss last week to the Chiefs. The Jags will get back on track with a win. I picked them winning in Dallas.
2: Cowboys don't have enough talent. They've been able to make do for a couple weeks here, but the Jaguars are one of the AFC's elite. I'll take Jacksonville. The 5-0 Chiefs put their undefeated streak on the
1: line. Sorry, Nick, I missed you. Go back.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, just to break things up, I'll go with Dallas. That break, Blake Bortles won't be able to hold Jacksonville. Uh, okay. Won't push them forward.
1: Blake Bortles won't be able to push them forward. Okay, so you're going with the Cowboys. But well, we got the undefeated Chiefs in Foxborough. Tom Brady and the Patriots Sunday night football. Who's going to take it? The Patriots are still the class of the AFC. Despite a 3-2 record, they're going to take this one.
0: Game of the week, I thought this was pretty hard because I like both teams. But I truly believe the Chiefs are the best team in football and they're going to prove it against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. I'm going with Patty Mahomes
2: and the Chiefs. I'm also also going with Mahomes. I go with Mahomes here. It's one of those nights where it's a letdown in Foxborough during the regular season. But when push comes to shove... The Patriots will beat the if Chiefs when the, it matters. If
4: this was the postseason, I would give it to the exactly. Patriots. Exactly. Let's go with the
2: Chiefs this week, Patriots in the playoffs.
4: Bill Belichick is 24-0 and against rookie quarterbacks. He's going to make it 25. Patriots are going to take down the Wait, Chiefs. Well, are he's, he's, technically, back? he's technically yeah, Ben Simmons all over again? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he
0: hasn't
1: played, but I kind of agree all. with you. Bill Belichick having a week to prepare for Pat Mahomes, I think he's going to be in for his first real test. The final game of the week on Monday Night Football, two historic franchises, the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo-less traveling to Lambeau to play the Packers. Green Bay's got too much firepower for San
2: Francisco in this one. Green Bay is going to take it.
0: San Francisco has looked atrocious this year. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go with the Packers.
2: That's a good way of putting it, Tom. (laughs) I didn't give him enough credit before when I had the Breeze as the best quarterback in the NFL take, but he's not Rodgers right now. Still 10 touchdowns one interception, and almost 1,600 yards.
4: Again, this guy is on another level. Let's go with the Packers by a whole lot of points. 49ers didn't have much to look forward to to begin with, but with Garoppolo out now, there's absolutely no chance. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers.
1: And that does it for another edition of NFL Friday. Great show with you guys today. Got to talk about the lousy Giants, the up. Sorry about Jets. that again. But the, the Jets. rest of the stuff going. in the NFL mess. this week, I think I'll beat you all in picks this week. We'll, we no basically Jets. have the
4: same picks, except, except for, the for the Chiefs one or two and Patriots. Patriots. So we'll see. What you happens.
1: guys gonna have the same record then? It all, yeah. it all hinges on Sunday Night Football, the best game of the week. Shouldn't be any other way. Great show, you guys today, and that will do it for the Week Six edition of NFL Friday. For Dominic Capone, Emmanuel Burbari, Nicholas Lehman, I'm Billy Reinhardt.